Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of April 20th. I'm your host, D. Swab, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff, as always, of Notes Master Kevin Kovac, Big Shot Bob, Robert Holman, and Kyle Darren McFadden going on three weeks in a row here. Guys, tax season is officially over, and the race season is starting to heat up, especially this past weekend, some vintage moments. And Kovac, we will start with last Thursday at Volunteer. I was there. That crowd was bananas. People in the pits everywhere in the stands for Kyle Larson late model night. Huge audience watching on flow as well, but all eyes were on Mikey Marler. Yeah, oh, Mikey Marler. He needed a good uh, return, you know, comeback story, I guess, after that uh, rough weekend uh, he had at uh, at Bristol the, the previous week with uh, uh, hitting the wall twice, uh, re- re- fixes the car one time, and then hurt, hurts it again, even worse, the, the second time when he hit the hit the wall, you know, with some uh, some problems. I mean, yeah, and every time you hit the wall at Bristol, it's not a little deal. So, yeah, good to see him get a win. Uh, first one since he had one back at uh, uh the, the big one, the twenty five grand race at back at the Wild West Shootout out in New Mexico back in the beginning of the year in January. Uh, seems so long ago that he uh, it's been uh, since he was in Victory Lane. Uh, but pretty cool weekend too because he uh he goes and wins there, and then he went and ran the truck race at, at Bristol on the dirt, uh, and, and and made the race. And I think he I'm not sure I think he was seventeenth if I'm not mistaken. So he yeah, had a good account of himself there, had a good time, I'm sure. He likes uh, doing those different things. Uh, yeah, that, that crowd, Derek, you, you talked about, man, it was uh, just watching from the uh, on the video, man. It was pretty pretty impressive. I mean, the car count was good, too. 42 cars, uh, I believe, was the number. That's that's not a bad field at all for uh, for uh, Bulls Gap. And and uh, that's a – last time I was at Bulls Gap was two years ago for World of Outlaws uh, doubleheader and – there was a big crowd there, so this one was supposedly even bigger. Uh, and when they put people in the Bulls Gap, I mean, there's like people all over the place. And I know, and I know, uh, with Robert being there also, I know that he could uh, he can attest to that. I heard, I know he he talked about like how how he had to like park his car, had to squeeze it in, I guess, just to find a spot uh, to to get in there. Yeah, and Robert, I got the joy of seeing you after the race at Mike Marler's hauler. A, how big of a win was that, as Kovac alluded to, after that hard crash at Bristol, tried to get some momentum as the weather starts to heat up? And B, how special was it in your neck of the woods to see a huge crowd like that at Volunteer and Vic Hill pull us in Victor Lane? Probably the biggest crowd they've seen in 22-plus years. And Flo announced it was the largest viewing audience for a one-day event that we've ever had at our company. Pretty, uh, Pretty special night, wasn't it? Yes, uh, yes, it was. It was a uh, the crowd was just phenomenal. I know that when when I came in, um, I I'd st- I was staying at one of the hotels up on the corner there, so I didn't actually come in the main road. I kind of came in a little, a little back way, a little side street, so I avoided a lot of the traffic that way. But then when I I got there to the parking lot, there are cars parked all the way down the hill from from up top where. They used to park years ago. Years ago, you didn't park. I don't think that you park like when I was going there in the nineties. I don't think that you parked up behind the grandstands as much. You always parked down in that that lower level and walked up that big hill there to the grandstands, as if my memory serves correct. And I get there, and there's just there's cars parked everywhere and so to see that all that lower level field 
you knew it was going to be special before I ever got in the gate. So then I get, uh, I get up there, and of course, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really want to walk up that hill myself or, or up the hill even to the pit area. So uh, I did kind of finagle my way uh, into the into the pits, and I drove around until I could find a, a parking place, kind of back out of the way, kind of in some trees there. So uh, yeah, it was awesome. Reminding me of when I used to go and watch all those uh, 100 lappers on Sunday afternoons back in the day when I was uh, a young college student, uh, just kind of cutting my teeth with this uh, sport we got going here. But uh, and as far as Marler goes, it was, a, it was a big win for him, a big bounce back win. And, and, and the thing is, Marler, I talked to him, you know, you spoke with him, uh, I spoke with him. He didn't seem like terribly disappointed after Bristol. He didn't seem like terribly upset about what happened at Bristol because he knew he was fast. He knew that he had speed. And a lot of people would be like, oh, I'll let one get away. And I, and I know he does kind of feel that way. But at the end of the day up there at Bristol or the week or the month or however long we were up there, he knew that he had speed. And he knew that he was capable of challenging uh, Chris Ferguson and um, Chris Madden and Bloomquist and, and McDowell. He knew that he could run with those guys. And so he wasn't terribly upset uh, about, about that deal at Bristol. And then to come back and, and plus, you know, you look at Mikey's had a weird season. He he said, and, and we spoke about this too. He's it's been really he was really fast out there at the Wild West Shootout. I mean, arguably the class of the field uh, out there. He goes out there, wins over thirty thousand dollars total, like thirty three thousand dollars plus whatever he gets for his for run. You know, running second, third, fourth, wherever he finished when he didn't win. And then he goes to Speed Weeks in the Georgia part. He doesn't have a really good Speed Weeks. He's not actually in his own equipment down there. And so that was it's kind of a – he had his – what he did was he went home from Wild West Shootout and basically just took the doors and stuff, I think, off of his car that he ran out there and, and put them on, I believe, Jason Ron's car. I think that's who it was. And he goes down there, and, 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 he, and he really doesn't have a great – it was just – the car was just a little tick off. And as he said, it was just missing – he said it drove good. It was just missing a little bit of speed, which could have been maybe somewhere in the motor or somewhere like that. And so so he didn't really have a good outing. In fact, he was it's like, well, is he even here? You know, he barely finished, you know, above 15th down there. But then he goes and he's in his, uh, you know, the Ronnie Delk stuff, his own equipment down there that, that Ronnie owns and and uh, back to Florida. And is really fast again is really and he blew, if you remember. He blew a tire out down there. Uh, I think Kevin might have been down. I think he blew a, a tire out down there at like a World of Outlaws race or something, either leading it or running in the top three or four or something like that that really knocked him out. He had a bad finish because of that. So you take away these tire issues that, that he's had this year, I mean, he could be sitting – he could be the number one driver in the country right now. I mean, legit. I mean, he he really could be. If you take these tire issues out of the out of the equation, so he wasn't terribly upset about Bristol, but to come back and get that win in front of uh, a huge crowd, you know, and you know, Winfield, 
Tennessee is is kind of up near the Kentucky border. So while Mikey is a Tennessean, he also always has ties, you know, to that that southern that Kentucky kind of contingent there. So uh, a big crowd in that area uh, comes and he gets a big win at not really a home track, but a, a track that's very close to home. And uh, and it was that was really big for him and and his crew. So uh, congrats to to Mike Marler. And uh, and he and he told me he was glad to get that win because he knew he wasn't going to be able to go to Tazewell. He knew he wasn't going to be able to go to With. He knew he wasn't going to be able to go to these other races that weekend because of the truck race. So he was really happy to get that win for his guys on that first night there on Thursday and get it out of the way for him. Twenty k richer for the Winfield Warrior led from start to finish. But Kyle, the guy that finished third, told me in a post race interview, Swab, just like I told you at Gateway. Don't bet against me at the million. He had a good run at Tazewell, had a rally to get up to a top five finish. Third at Volunteers, Scott Bloomquist, and he's moving up in the polls. He hasn't won yet, but he's starting to look more and more like the old Scott Bloomquist. So <laughs> just talked on him this past week, and he looked pretty solid. And do we think, you know, he's going to make some noise coming up here in the big-time crown jewel races that we'll see in the spring and going into the summer? I think so. You know, I think Scott's always been an, an honest guy. And so when I was kind of reading like Robert's story that he did on Scott and, you know, when Scott says, you know, he feels a win coming, you know, I think he means that. And um, so, I mean, he's put himself in, in the right position, you know, these past five, six races. I mean, he's got what, six straight top six finishes now, a pair of podiums. I think he finished fourth uh, from 11th uh, the other night, you know, so uh, able to, you know, drive through the field and, uh, you know, catch, catch himself back up. If he kind of gets buried kind of like, you know, just like early on in the night, but yeah, no, I, um, I was actually, I had talked with Scott last October at Bedford and, um, he had kind of felt like at around that time, um, even though he didn't run all that well at the Keystone cup last year at Bedford, um, he had felt like, uh, his leg had started to, uh, you know, finally uh, inch closer toward more toward full health than it had been, you know, before, because he was dealing obviously with that numbness in his right leg. And, you know, you can't run those longer races, obviously, when that's happening. So, you know, just to be able to to see Scott, you know, put together, you know, consistent finishes. I thought after Bristol, you know, you know, you just kind of think, okay, it's like one weekend, you know, that's, it's cool to see him back up in contention, you know, on back-to-back nights in Bristol. But then, you know, it's another to continue to build on that, obviously, and continue to get stronger. And so I think Scott, you know, is going to, you know, if if he can sustain this pace and continue to uh, just get stronger, more confident behind the wheel, um, yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, clearly he hasn't lost touch behind the wheel which is obviously, you know, the most, most important thing. Confidence seems to be there. You know, pieces seem to be in place for him to, uh, to be knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door, and, uh, you know, you click off, you know, top fives, top sixes, podiums, you know, consistently, um, you know, just building that notebook, building that confidence. So, yeah, I don't see why not. Hey, Scott Bloomquist, when he's doing better and doing well, the sport is in a much – much better place because you have the Bloomquist fans going bananas. You have the Bloomquist haters. 
giving him the bird like Kyrie Irving the other night, stuff like that. It's uh, great to see when he's doing well in the sport. And B, Scott, if you're listening, I have a $300 bet. All you have to do is win one race this year. It could be anywhere. It can be Podunk, uh, Illinois. Just win this race so I can win this money. So I have a little bit of interest for Bloomquist to win this season. And Kovac, maybe the finish of the year in the race of the year. Oh, wait, Robert, you got something? You know, I was just going to say, as far as Scott goes, one of the things that he's definitely on the right track, but one of the things that's that might put your money in jeopardy and – Personally, I don't think that your money. I don't. I don't think that your money is is in jeopardy necessarily because I do think he's going to win a race before this year is over. But one thing that might, uh, I guess, might make you uh, a little tight down the stretch, so to speak, is that he plans on running twenty thousand dollar races and up. He's not going to. He doesn't plan to go out here and running in these regional races where it'd be considered maybe an easier victory. So when he goes out here, uh, when he does go race, he's racing against some really good fields, maybe not 100% top to bottom best field in the country, but the top, you know, 10, 12, 15 guys in those races that he's going to be in, they're capable of winning every single week. So it's not going to be easy necessarily for him to win a race uh, because of, of the events that he's choosing to go and, and compete in so uh so anyway so don't don't fret about your your money but don't uh, don't go spend it just yet okay don't take out the loan too early unless i know i can pay it off got it but he did say robert he's gonna win the eldora million don't bet against him and kovac maybe the finish of the year or one of the best passes of the year for sure Brandon overton against his fellow georgia driver da- jonathan davenport at with there on the final lap Seemed like for 20 laps, Overton was just biting his time, biting his time, made his move. Another big-time uh, win for Overton in the uh, regional ranks, but it was against a guy that's very, very good in J.D. Yeah, that's uh, that was kind of like uh, total uh, – uh, the, the perfect uh, encapsulation, I guess, of Brandon Overton and the way he is. He's so patient. He's so smooth. He just took his time. I mean, he, he kind of ducked underneath Davenport several times during that race, you know, just checking it out, making, you know, just seeing where the best spot would be for him to make a move. Uh, it, it took a while, and it might have taken also uh, Davenport having a tire going down because uh, J- Davenport did say after the race that the crew told him uh, that the tire was going down. So how did that play into it? Uh, did it mess him up a little bit? in the corner not allow him to stay down quite enough to to hold off uh, Overton yeah but Overton just stayed with it and was able to I, I you know watch it on the video I'm like man as soon as he can if he can hold it coming off a two alongside of uh, uh of Davenport he's gonna get him and he made it happen on the last lap uh without touching you know then there wasn't didn't look like there was any contact either those two guys raced together perfectly uh, two of the best, obviously, number one and two last year, I believe, in our poll. Uh, and Overton needed that win, I guess, too. It had a little bit of a, a slump, you could call it. Uh, hadn't won uh, for a few weeks, uh, more than a month, I guess, in, in actuality there. And, over, and But then Davenport hasn't won yet, which is uh, just a crazy, one of the weird things happening so far this year. He's He's a guy that goes out there and, uh, and his change of schedule, he's not running the uh, series. Uh, he's just running the the big races, going for that money, and he hasn't won yet. 
and I, I think that'll change. I mean, he's uh, he's close. He was good at at uh, at Tazewell on Saturday, but he got messed up in that heat race, running second, going uh, going into the last lap, and a car lap cars right in front of him, and he had to slide sideways and spun around uh, to avoid even. I mean, he did hit that lap car. It would have been even worse if he didn't uh, toss it sideways and spin out. He's had some things happen to him that haven't that prevented him from some wins, I guess. And he, he's been knocking around close to the front. Uh, it, it'll be coming, but it is. I mean, he. It, the thing is that with with Davenport, he's running for wins this year. He's not running. You you could still, if you're running a series and you're not winning, you still got that. You're getting that show up money. You're still uh, your 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 bottom line isn't quite as bad. Uh, he's not winning yet with uh, his schedule. And, I'm sure that's getting under his skin. Uh, he needs to win. You need to win if you're going to run an independent schedule. Uh, he's he's going to be starting to race more and more, I'm sure, here. Uh, be more regularly racing. Didn't run all those speed weeks. So I think you'll see Davenport back in victory lane, but I'm sure that was not a very happy JD uh, to, to go down on the last lap uh, with a win so close at with. Heartbreak Hotel for Davenport. But again, it's only April. He's still got plenty of races on his schedule, big pain races coming up for Superman. And also those glasses. I mean, he is the next Clark Kent, it looks like. So he can finally see in HD what he told me in uh, the pits before the race that volunteer, which I thought was really funny. And another big-time winner, Robert, was Chris Madden, $20,000. He just keeps that big-time paydays rolling into his house in South Carolina. He's looking pretty solid. Could he possibly be the new Overton this year? I think, uh, you know, right now he he is. You know, you look at how much money he's won in such a short amount of time. Uh, you look at how competitive he's been everywhere that he's gone to. Uh, you look at uh, his his swagger, which is kind of always there. You know, he's he's got that that confidence about him. Uh, I think that he feels like he can win anytime he unloads. And I think as he continues to to you know, build momentum, it's going to be hard to derail him, especially if he chooses to go to racetracks that he's really good at, you know, and um, I just feel like that uh, I just don't know what it's going to take to slow him down. Obviously, there are some cars out there. If you look at the cars who have been the top three or four in these big races over the last, over this kind of a spring here in East Tennessee, they've all been the same. You know, you've got um, you know, we've got Madden and you've got McDowell, you've got Bloomquist, and of course, you know, Chris Ferguson up there at Bristol. It's, you know, those Bloomquist cars are, are really performing well right now, but there's not a ton of them out there. So, you know, you don't know how many times they're going to go head to head. So, you know, I, I think that Madden is definitely, um, you know, he's been number one in our poll the last couple of weeks and, and rightfully so. He's definitely uh, the best I was a little skeptical coming out of coming out of speed weeks, even though he had a pretty good speed weeks. I was uh, a little skeptical because I'm, I'm honestly, as much as I like Chris, I'm always a little bit skeptical because he has this tendency to go on these streaks and then disappear for a month. And then but right now he's he's you know, and and he's always said that when you get on, he's told me this multiple times when you get on these streaks. You just ride them until they end, you know. I mean, you just you just keep on riding them, and uh, and so that's what he's doing right now. And and uh, he is he is clicking off some incredible uh, finishes. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. And the next four events he's entered is All Tech, All Tech, 25 grand on Friday, 50 grand on Saturday. Then the following weekend, he's going back to Bristol, which we know he's been very, very fast this year, both 25 grands as well. So he could be coming uh, by the end of April with lots and lots, lots more money. And he's going to continue his hot streak. And Kyle, another race that was pretty badass that came down the wire was Florence, y'all, for the spring 50. Good car count, and it was like Turbo said in his uh, tweet, it's the Josh Rice Invitational. He was able to hold off a late-charging Bobby Pierce when he tried to throw this massive slider, but all in all, the Verona, Kentucky driver, just down the road, five or six minutes, gets a big-time win uh, in front of a a big crowd in a good, good field. Yeah, I actually watched highlights of that race, and that was was, uh, as good as – of a daytime surface, I guess, as you could get, you know, it was uh, slicked off the perfect timing. Uh, you know, you could use pretty much the whole racetrack and uh, it just kind of played into Josh's favor. Obviously, you know, he was kind of, you know, of, of those top five, you know, cars, uh, you know, it's Pierce, Turbo, Thornton, uh, Lanigan, you know, Rice was kind of using more of the top side. It looked like that first half of the race just to kind of, I don't know, get a feel for it. You know, obviously he, he knows that place. Uh, probably better than than like anybody else right now. So you know, just uh, absolutely, you know, thrilling finish. And you know, even if that caution didn't have, you know, didn't come out with twenty some laps left, I still thought you know Josh was going to run down Bobby. And so, um, yeah, no, big crowd. It's great race. Uh, you know, ten thousand more dollars in Josh's pocket at Florence. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, great race and uh just continues to add to you know josh's track record at florence i know that the loop soul series is going to be there uh in a few weeks i think on may 7th you know he won that race last year so you know it's uh you know things are things are the status quo now for you know josh at uh josh rice at florence so as we all know josh rice has become the king of florence speedway whether it's a regular night or a crown jewel like the north south 100 this kid is special at the Kentucky Oval. So it got me thinking. If you had to bet the mortgage on one driver at a certain track, who would you take? Now, there's a lot of guys associated with certain tracks around the country, but we are talking about your life savings. So it's a very, very tough decision. And Kovac, I'm going to start with you. You're batting leadoff. What driver and track would you bet your mortgage on? Now, keep in mind, this is Kale's College Fund. So, if you're going to bet on one driver, who's it going to be? <laughs> there's a there's a lot of guys that get like we like you said around the country that are really good at certain tracks, and I'm going through my mind. I'm looking. I mean, Josh Rice is a is a good pick right there. I mean, that's a guy at, at Florence that he gets around that place. That place fits him. He is really good. He's always going to be in the mix. It seems like uh, I'm going with a guy who has a little bit more of a track record at one track, a, a long track record. It's in his backyard. I'm going with Chris Madden at Cherokee Speedway in Gaffney, South Carolina, and one of his uh, his home tracks. I'm not sure how many weekly races he might have won there back in the day. But I did some stats uh, stat look uh, back in uh, using his website. His website has his, his uh, finishes all the way back to 2005, so I can um, get some good uh, good information about how well he does at Cherokee and. That's a 100 starts. He just he has won this year, this year, uh, one race there this year. He won the 
March Madness back in, in March, uh, obviously, <laughs> uh, Southern All-Stars for 10,000. That's his only start there so far this season. Uh, counting that one, that's 100 times he's, 100 starts he's made at Cherokee since 20, 2005. Has 30 wins in that time. So he's got a one-third, basically a, a one-third, 30% win percentage, which is pretty darn good. Got 12 seconds, three-thirds. 45 of his 100 starts there have been podium finishes. 63 top fives out of those 100. 76 top tens. Uh, he's And I even could go back a little farther back in our, our world, our, uh, our, no, our history section, and Dirt on Dirt goes back to 1997 just with wins, uh, major wins, special event wins. And I look back through there, and he had a few more in 2002 through 2004 special events at Cherokee. So back through 2002, he's got 34 wins. Uh, pretty good. I mean, just for one track that you don't even run at regularly, uh, he averages maybe five to seven races a year at the track, um, all special events. Uh, two crate. He yeah, does have two crate wins in that, in in those thirty four total since two thousand two. I look back, and he's got twenty two Southern All Star wins. Southern All Stars, they go to Cherokee, and man, you can almost pencil it in. It seems like that uh, uh, that it's going to be a win for Madden. He, he won three extreme races that are fairly new. He won a class race. He's won two Lucas Oil races. He's won a Southern Nationals race there. He's won an unsanctioned race there, and he even won. A beast raced. You know, remember know what that series was? I'm not even sure about that oh, one, but he won a beast. Yeah, he won a beast race a few years ago. Um, uh, so he, he's won races that they don't even have series. Doesn't even exist anymore. Pretty impressive. Uh, I, I looked back and then I totaled up all the money that he's won for those wins and those 34 wins since 2002. He's won 224,700 dollars in his backyard. Uh, over uh, you know a twenty year period just for wins, yeah, of course he, he won more than that in a two weekend period <laughs> just a couple weeks ago at Bristol with two hundred twenty seven thousand nine hundred. So it uh he only take took two weekends to match how much money he won in victories uh, over twenty years at Cherokee, which is that's astounding almost to me that a guy can win that much money and and. Uh, over all those years and and then just duplicate it in two weeks uh, at Bristol. But uh, Madden, I, I, I know that he's going to be in the hunt every time at, 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 at uh, Cherokee. And I mean, so I'm sure a lot of these races that he didn't win, he was probably in position to win, got a flat tire or something like that. But uh, if I'm going to throw money down and say, Hey, I'm betting everything on one guy to win a race somewhere. I'm big rate. Only race he hasn't won is an outlaw race, which is, Kind of surprising. So I think he's probably due to win a World of Outlaws race there. Uh, put the money down on Chris Madden. I think he's going to be, I know he's going to be in the hunt and most likely uh, he'll make the call, make the right decisions, make the right uh, moves in the race to, to win at Cherokee. Hell of a pick, Kovac. Safe pick. I think Kale would be okay with that so you don't lose his college fund. Uh, he's great at tire management, which at Cherokee is a huge, huge thing. He's had a million laps at this place, as you said, since, you know, 2002. Lots of victories, even sanctions I even heard of. So, great choice. And C is one of the hottest drivers in the country. So, if they went there this weekend, that'd be a hell of a pick for you, Kovac. So, I like that. Chris Madden. Kyle, how about you, buddy? Yeah, I got Jimmy Owens at 411 uh, in Seymour, Tennessee. That's about, obviously, an hour from where he's from in Newport, Tennessee. Um, he uh, – 
He uh, he's he won twice there last year. He's actually won seven straight at the Speedway since uh, 2019. Uh, won last October Flow Racing Night in America for 20,000, and then Spring Nationals last year for 10,000. Swept uh, all three races he ran there in 2020, including uh, the Lucas Oil Stop and the Ironman Show, and then won the uh, won the won the Lucas Oil Race in 2019. There as well, uh, hasn't finished off the podium at uh, 411 since 2016, and uh, I couldn't find any stats. This is probably something for Kevin to kind of look back more. Um, I don't know if if uh, if the National Touring Series ran there, um, you know, before 2016. Um, I couldn't find anything on that, but uh, no, Jimmy's been obviously rock solid. Yeah, Jimmy Owens is a great, great pick. Seven straight, that's a pretty damn impressive stat, isn't it, Robert, for a Tennessee track that a lot of heavy hitters will come and go to that place. Corey Hedgecock's probably not happy when Jimmy Owens comes through the gates for a race at 411. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Corey is is excellent there at, at those tracks and is really beginning to assert himself over, you know, the last probably two to three years as far as, as being one of the guys to beat. But, yeah, when – when the O show comes to four eleven, I think it's a pretty good, pretty good bet right there. I, I actually didn't even realize he had won seven in a row there, so that's that's excellent. That's that's good, good safe money. I think. Yeah, I want to ask you the million dollar question now. So, if you're going to bet your retirement fund, who are you picking and what track? Well, um, most of my retirement fund is spent on my race car, so I'm not going to be losing a whole lot if I don't get this right. And uh, put my kids through college so i'm not i'm pretty safe right there so i guess i'm going to go with uh i, I did a little dig in also um i'm not sure whose whose idea this was for this particular category this week kevin but uh made me do a little research uh made me do a little little homework before this thing got going this uh this morning but uh i'm going to go with another tennessee track in clarksville Tennessee, up near the Kentucky border, and a, another Kentucky driver in uh, um, Tanner English. Uh, I looked back through some stuff uh, this morning. Spent a, spent a, a, a while looking back, digging through some stuff, and and found a few stats myself. And I and I like compared to Kevin's uh, stats on um, on Madden there at, at Cherokee. I kind of like where I'm at right here now. I was a little concerned, but I like what I got going. I looked uh, back to 2012 and what I could come up with in 34 special events starts at at, uh, at their um, wherever I'm talking about at Clarksville, Tennessee. I can never remember the name of that place, even though I just went there two weeks ago. Uh, anyway, and um, in 34 special event starts there at Clarksville, Tanner English has 13 wins. That's a 38% win percentage, which is pretty solid. That goes back to 2012 from what I could find. Now, he's ran there uh, definitely more than that, but he's, you know, a lot of times because it's a UMP track, uh, he, you know, he, he would go there uh, as well as his father, but they would go there and just on a weekly show to pick up uh, you know, UMP points, but I'm speaking special events only since 2012, what I could come up with in 34 starts, 13 wins, 25 top five finishes. 
at 73% of the time, he finishes in the top five. Uh, Tanner uh, really began to come into his own around 2016. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and highlight some of it. He, he's, he's won the toilet bowl last year. It's, uh, I guess, you know, the toilet bowl is kind of Clarksville's marquee event, but it's really, it is, but it isn't because they also host a, uh, a, a dirt car summer nationals race, which we all know now that it's the, the southernmost dirt car summer nationals race that there is. Tanner won that in 2018. He picked up his first and only dirt car summer nationals win there at Clarksville in 18. He won the toilet bowl last year for the first time. He had won a preliminary race for the toilet bowl previously. Uh, he also won a uh, last year a, a Schaefer's Spring Nationals race there that is actually his richest win there, $10,053 on, on Ray Cook's Spring Series there. So those are kind of like the highlights of, of his big wins. He also has seven Mars victories there when he was, uh, you know, winning pretty much every Mars race that they that they had that year all over the country. And, and the year that he won those Mars races, uh, and I said he kind of came into his own in 2016, 2017, uh, he won those seven Mars races, and those fields were not always the best there at at Clarksville. But in Tanner's defense, he had a he won seven Mars races in 2017 at Clarksville, and like I said, those fields weren't always that heavy. But he also won at Brownstown three times that year. He won at Winchester, Tennessee, Ponderosa, Windy Hollow, Duck River, Clay Hill, Camden. He was winning everywhere in 2017. So it's not like he went to Clarksville to his home track and backed into wins. He was an exceptional that year. Uh, and so, uh, so anyway, those are, are some of his victories there. And uh, if, if I'm having to put, you know, tire money, if I'm having to put Hoosier or American racer money down on a driver to win a, a race somewhere, I guess I will throw my money at to, towards Clarksville and, and Tanner English. So, you know, don't, don't make me, Look bad next time you show up there, Tanner. Tanner is always a good pick there. I would love for Dennis Herb Jr. and Tanner English to be battling out so you kind of make it a decision there. Do you want your money or do you want your heart to win that weekend? <laughs> uh, I, you know, in, 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 my, in my defense on that also, uh, Dennis, if you're betting money, you know, it, it's really a, a – a straight up bet between those two at, at Clarksville, right? I mean, because he's one, he doesn't go there and doesn't have as as many races under his belt, obviously at Clarksville as say Tanner does. But man, he is really good there. He is he is super good at Clarksville, and it's it's really hard to bet against him uh, against Dennis at, at Clarksville. Also, and in fact, because he's actually won uh, the uh, the the toilet bowl three or four times or whatever. And so, but but I'm I'm going with uh, just overall the most wins. I'm going to have to stick with Tanner. Sorry, sorry, Dennis. <laughs> All right, you can put ninety percent of your money on Tanner English at Clarksville. Then we'll sprinkle in ten percent for Dennis Herb Jr. Just for you. But I'm going to go up to the lane of Lincoln, and this driver, uh, I mean, he is unstoppable when they go there. It is. Bobby Pierce at Macon, mighty Macon, the world's fastest fifth mile. These stats are pretty ridiculous. I looked them up. Since 2016, Bobby Pierce has three Herald and Review 100s and one second. 
Um, two races, he was not there because in 2020, he entered the North-South 100. And in 2018, he was in the Dunn-Benson car running Lucas Oil full-time. So in four starts for that uh, you know, famous Summer Nationals race, he has three wins and a second. And that second place maybe had a little controversy because Pierce was crossing the finish line for the checkers and the yellow came out and we had to do a one-lap shootout. But Gordy Gundaker got a big-time Hail Mary win against Pierce. So that's pretty good stats just for the Herald and Review 100. The other one is the You Pick Apart race, the Lucas Oil race at Macon in the spring. It's been rained out of uh, a lot here the last couple years. But the five times Lucas Oil has been there, Pierce has won three of the five. Um, and in 2015, he was checked out going for the victory and had a lap 64 flat tire that cost him the race. His other start in the Lucas Oil action, he ended up getting 10th. So pretty good stats there. So that's six um, big-time wins at Macon since 2016, a second. And then he was leading two of those races with a one-lap shootout losing to Gordy Gundaker and then had that flat tire. So that guy is always solid at a Macon, 100 laps, uh, elbows up. He's always hitting that cushion very, very strong. He's one of the best drivers to ever do it at that racetrack. Kovac, I mean, that's not too bad of a pick, is it? No, I, that I, Macon and Bobby Pierce kind of go together very well. Uh, he's uh, he, he's every time I've I've been there, I think I've uh, been a handful of times, but it seems like he's always in the he's he's right up front. He's going to be the guy that you're going to watch in uh, Shannon Bab. You know, like he's he's always up there too that I, that I've seen. But yeah, Bab Pierce that that little fifth mile track. Uh, that's a good with high banks too, and like good high banking there. That's a track that, that fits Bobby Pierce's aggressiveness pretty well. You know, just go all out and, and and step on the gas at that little place. You know, he does a he does a good job. Good pick, good pick. I, I would I would throw some money down on Bobby Pierce at Macon. I like me and Robert's pick because more than likely at those tracks, we're not going to have Jonathan Davenport like Chris Ferguson and Brandon Overton like you would have at Cherokee. Yeah, oh yeah, you're right about that. I did think about that because Overton has been really good at Cherokee lately, and Chris Ferguson's always good there too. And uh, but I, I, I still Madden, Madden's going to have me in the game. I know that. I know I got a shot at Matt with Madden all the time. There, his experience will win out, but mostly uh, win out a lot of times. But um, yeah, Bobby Pierce at, at Macon, that, that, that's always a good. I mean, geez, Bobby Pierce at every uh, every Illinois track, it seems like is a pretty good pick. Maybe except the PDC because he just. Uh, there's something about the PDC right now that has a little uh, – the victory lane has a lock on it for him. He just can't quite get there. Yeah, he's like Dale Earnhardt for the Daytona 500. Bobby Pierce is to the Prairie Dirt Classic heartbreak, last lap pass. Uh, some crazy stuff has always happened to the smooth operator at Fairbury. But at the end of the day, I think all four of us have great picks. All four of us could get a big-time return in our investment. So we ever actually have to do this. These are the four guys we pick. I like it. And as always, guys, we end the show with one more thing. And Kyle, I'm going to let you bat lead off. What do you got for us, bud? Sure. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I saw yesterday that American Racer had kind of, you know, put out something just about the tire shortages. And I think, you know, Hoosier gets a lot of flack right now, you know, for just kind of being the lead, you know, uh, tire supplier like in the industry. And I think people forget, you know, that it's kind of affecting everybody. Uh, those who are, are, you know trying to push for an open tire rule. And so um, it just kind of reminded me, you know, I'm working on a story 
right now. That'll be out at the end of this week, just kind of uh, on the on the tire shortages and, you know, what's going on with certain, like, manufacturers and uh, just kind of the extended lead time on these tires and, and you know, parts deal. And uh, I don't know, it just kind of um, reminded me that it's uh, it's uh, more broad than I think we – you know, realize and, you know, hopefully we make it out on the other end of this on, on the positive end of this here pretty soon. And Yeah. It's very interesting. Indeed. I saw that post as well. It's a little bit of concern. I'm not like too like hitting the panic button yet, but if we get later on in the summer and some teams can't go race the crown jewels because they don't have enough tires, that'll be a very uh, big right. time eye opener for everyone in the sport. Robert, how about you, buddy? What's your one more thing? Uh, well, as usual, my, my one more thing is kind of a two-parter, but it, it is still it is still like one more thing. And my one more thing is that large hill at With Raceway. I don't know if, if any of you, if you, if you three have been to With, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the entrance to the pit area is is just monstrous. You know, it's one of those deals where you, um, when you're going and you're in a truck and trailer, the first time I was there in a truck and trailer, and driving, uh, pretty sure I was driving. It's one of those deals where you they basically tell you when you get to the bottom of it, just don't hit your brakes because you you got to make kind of a little left hand turn going onto the track, and a lot of times the track will be a little slick, and so you don't actually touch your brakes until you you get into the pit area, and then you can kind of slow down or throw your parachute out or whatever you got to do, and then circle around and find your your pit stall. So it is a steep hill. If you've seen pictures of that, you know, it's a, it's like Kevin alluded to, it's um, very picturesque and it's a, it's a really cool place. But if you're walking that hill, it loses its luster a bit as far as the picturesque part, you know, because it is steep. So I did walk, I w- did walk down the hill uh, into the pit area when I was there on Friday. And I get down there and I, I realize, you know, I think I want to stay down here instead of go back up to the press box. So my laptop's in my car. That means I'm going to have to get back up the top of that hill somehow and get my laptop. Well, Ed Lowe, the uh, Schaefer's oil representative that is at all of the, uh, the Ray Cook races, he graciously gave me a ride in his side-by-side back up to my car to get my, to get my laptop and all of my equipment. So I get back down to the pit area. It, as it's getting cooler, I realized that I had left my uh, my jacket in my car also. So Ed Lowe, again, graciously gave me a brand new Schaefer's oil jacket. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Lowe, uh, for not only the hospitality that evening, but uh, making sure I stayed warm, making sure I didn't get a chill, there at uh at with uh and i came home with sporting a new red schaefer's oil jacket which is pretty cool and uh and then as i'm leaving i i had to walk up the hill with all my junk as i'm heading back up through there and i walk back up through there this is perhaps how you make the walk much easier you find a friend to walk up the hill with as i'm heading up through there there's chris ferguson and me and Fergie walked up the hill together. We managed it. Uh, I managed to actually talk while I was going up the hill, which means I wasn't terribly out of breath. I was still managing, able to have a communicate, you know, conversation. 
And when I got up to the top of the hill, I didn't pass out. And it went by really quick because I was talking to Fergie. So the hill at width is my one more thing. And I know that's a big topic. Anyway, there, there you go. The hill at width, if you've ever experienced it, uh, you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have a heart of steel, it sounds like. I mean, you were breathing just a little heavy. You could still talk. I'm proud of you, Robert. It must have been that talk we had at Volusia a couple of years back. Yeah, yeah. It was when you when you were fat shaming me at Volusia. Uh, <laughs> yes, at, 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 I really turned a corner. I, I turned a corner right there when you were fat, fat shaming. Anytime someone... <clears throat> asks you to take your shirt off for a photo and you know you don't have a great physique, you know it's they want you to take your shirt off because you don't have a great physique. So thank you for fat shaming me into into checking into my health. I appreciate that. Okay, first off, not fat shaming you. And second off, Kovac, before we get to your one thing, you were there. I was not fat shaming them. <laughs> Well, we had Tyler Rink in there also, right? Wasn't wasn't Tyler there uh, at that at that week uh, uh, and taking his shirt off, just prancing around the house? See, Kyle has never been in the hasn't been in any of the houses yet. So, uh, speed. Yeah, so, geez, okay. what's going to happen? Tyler, what, the, what in the hell is going on down there? You know, with uh, Derek, <laughs> we got ourselves uh, into get, here. Get Robert to take his shirt off, and you know, so I'm like, Tyler, hey. Tyler Rinkin is uber confident. And has zero shame. So, I mean, (laughs) two thumbs up to Tyler Rinkin because that that guy's got it going on. He had no problem (laughs) taking his shirt off. In fact, I'm not sure if he wasn't taking his pants off when he came through the door. But at any rate, rate, uh, he is very confident and and, – you know, has no problem doing that. You know, he's a young guy. Man, I'm I'm old. I'm old, so my confidence is waning. And we do well, have I'm the very picture proud. of Derek, Derek and Tyler in the kitchen at that at that Volusia house, uh, you know, posing uh, topless. So uh, if anybody wants it, maybe we can uh, put that out. You know, if uh, you know if you really yeah, want to back to that one day, those, you know, yeah. back Thursday. Put your one more. Uh, my one more thing, uh, changes uh, happening uh, at Eldora Speedway. Uh, news came out yesterday that Roger Slack, long time, well, 12 years he's been there uh, working uh, as general manager. He's stepping away, taking a sabbatical from racing. Uh, he's well-known in the industry from when he was with Charlotte also and also worked with World Racing Group for a while. So no uh, no Roger at, at Eldora will be a change. Uh but stepping into his spot as a general manager is Jerry Gappins. He's been the promoter at uh, Gas City I-69 Speedway, a sprint car track in uh, 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 Indiana, his native Indiana. And uh, Jerry also worked at uh, previously with Speedway Motorsports. He worked down at Charlotte when Roger was there for a while and also uh, at New Hampshire International uh, Speedway. Uh, I know Jerry, I've met Jerry before at Charlotte. I mean, he had a little background uh that was uh, similar to to me there because he started out at the National Speed Sport News working there in northern New Jersey. And I remember him I'm meeting him there when I worked at Area Auto Racing News and worked at Char- and, he, and I met him at Charlotte and uh, knew that he had been at National Speed Sport just before I started writing as a teenager. So uh, he has a little background in uh, media, too. But good guy. Every time I talk to Jerry, uh, you know, real friendly guy and real good dirt racer. I mean, real, he grew up in Indiana and he, uh, uh, 
uh, you know, has been promoting, a, you know, obviously a dirt track at uh, uh, Gas City the last few years. And back kind of went back to his roots after working in NASCAR. Uh, so I think uh, he'll be a, he's a he's a top notch replacement for for Roger, who is uh, I don't know if he likes the pyro as much as Roger. We'll have to see about that because Roger did like his pyro and his uh, his stuff like that at the races. Uh, so we'll we'll see with Jerry. Uh, uh, likes it as much as him, but uh, Jerry uh, will probably be a good job. And we'll be seeing him. Uh, his first race will be the, the Castro flow night flow racing night in America in uh, uh, next Tuesday night. Yeah. Co-promote Eldora and get ready for the Eldora million. Just uh, some uh, big time plays going to be made by Jerry there when the race is coming up and just like the flow race. And my one more thing is, okay. So I finally found my fifth favorite driver. Obviously it's Weaver, Sheppy, Bab, McKay Winger. I finally got my fifth, guys. And I'm going to be a hardcore fan for him. But he made his debut last week at Millbridge. I am going to be the biggest Blaine Davenport fan. Uh, went out in the micro sprints, like in the uh, the beginner's division. Ran a few laps. His dad and uh, jo- Jonathan, obviously, Superman. We talked about it uh, at Volunteer. And he said, man, Blaine really loves it. I think it's going to be a good thing for him. He really wants to race. So then we got talking, hey, if you win the million, you're going to have to start a race team for your son, you know, because it's going to be very expensive to, you know, budget your kid's race car team. And I just remember him running around the track in 2015 and 2016 when JD was winning all those big time races. And I always called him the most famous dirt late model kid uh, in the entire country. So I'm officially hopping aboard the Blaine Davenport bandwagon. I'm going to be his number one fan. So in the future here, when he goes dirt track racing, I'm going to be his guy. So if you guys want to join too and get an early head start in maybe 10 to 15 years, we can go back to this podcast saying I was the first one to start the Blaine Davenport uh, fan, uh, you know, fan club. So I'm going to be part of that. But Kovac, you've been in this industry a long time. How special is it though when you see kind of like a driver's kid come up in the ranks, like, you know, Brandon Shepard and Bobby Pierce. What's that like when you just cover their dad and then all of a sudden their sons are making some noise and winning big time races? Well, it makes you feel old, number one, you know, like <laughs> I see all these little kids grow up, you know, I can still remember like my favorite driver, of course, is uh, in modified racing from New Jersey is Billy Pouch. And I see I can remember being at the race like when Billy Pouch's son, Billy Jr. was born in 1987, had it on the side of his car. It's a boy. And now Billy Jr. is racing, uh, you know, winning races also. And um the, the same with all you know these late model guys it's uh and i i remember little blaine you know running around just like you did when he when jonathan was winning all the races and it's uh it's it's time flies that just that just makes us remember that time flies really fast uh when uh when when these uh kids of the drivers uh that you've covered or are, are, are racing also yeah my first feel old moment i guess you could say because blaine is now nine and that was when he was like six years ago. Yeah, three years old. And he was just running around talking, you know, in his southern accent. You think is very funny. So big time Blaine Davenport. Man. So if he's listening, I'm uh, your number one fan. You, uh, any final thoughts, guys? No, I don't. I think we're good. I mean, we got some big – we just mentioned some races coming up this weekend, Derek, right? We got, a, you know, Atomic Speedway. World of Outlaws are back at it this weekend. Uh, going to Atomic for a doubleheader Friday and Saturday. And looking at the weather, it looks like it's actually going to be pretty good. I, I, I saw an 80-degree temperature there in Chillicothe, Ohio, for Saturday, which is like, whoa, man, that's a 
That's it's gonna. I think it just was snowing there probably yesterday. Uh, there's there's some snow all over the place uh, in uh, in in the area. Uh, and then also this weekend is the XR race of 25,000 and 50,000 to win down at Alltech in, uh, in Florida. It'll be interesting to see uh, uh, the, the crowds and the crowd size and the uh, field size for for a, a big race, super late model race in Florida in April. Uh, I mean, has there been one in April? I don't even know. I mean, it's been uh, it, that's not a time. It's usually. Uh, you got Florida racing in uh, in the spring. I mean, not in the spring in the in the winter for speed weeks, and really nothing else. Uh, I mean, there's been a couple few times of Outlaws had a race at at uh, at Ocala in March, uh, like a, a one off deal. And there's been some races at East Bay uh, over the years, like in December and and uh, Volusia with a Gator 100 years ago for the Outlaws in October. Traditionally, I mean, most of the time there's there's really nothing else, and we'll see how the crowd, how what kind of fields and and what kind of crowds are drawn down there. Is big money on the line, and, and will that get the people in the in the cars to the to all tech this weekend? Kevin, uh, I, I really think I really think that um, based on my experience, you know, visiting all tech and, and covering all tech uh, over the last few years, that it's the crowd's going to be great. Uh, if the weather's good, I really expect that place to be to, to be jam. I don't know about the car count, but they got two things going for them. Uh, that's that's up kind of in northern Florida, so it's not really they don't really rely on that snowbird crowd quite as much as as maybe some of those uh, other tracks do during uh, uh, winter nationals and stuff. So uh, I really feel like the crowd's going to be really good. Plus. Uh, if you look at a lot of XR's um, promo stuff, I've got Scott Bloomquist on the on the cover of just about you know they're really promoting him pretty heavy as far as being being one of the drivers that's going to be there. So anytime that you you know you can promote Scott Bloomquist is coming, uh, and if you have warm weather, I really feel like that um, it's going to be a successful weekend for them down there. Big time money this weekend as always. You can check these three stories throughout the website the entire week. We have uh, some race wire f- coverage of plenty of races, regional races, while plenty of video as well. We have a suave talk tomorrow with the firstborn son of Florence Speedway, Josh Rice. We cannot wait for that. But until then, we'll see you next week here on the Dirt Reporters.